Did he, was he just saying things in a campaign to arouse emotions and to, or does he actually have core beliefs and core convictions and the integrity of those convictions and, a, and an inner core of decency? That's what worries well, him. President Obama has said he's more pragmatist. That's what he said. This, I think this is the triumph, yeah. as Dr. Johnson once said, the tri as, of second marriage is the triumph of hope over experience. So this is what his hope is. Or yes. Perhaps he's saying it because he wants to make sure that people don't go off the deep end. At, I think it's an act of, of willful reassurance okay, on President enough. Obama's fence. That he knows that he, he's not just a citizen now. He, for the next 60-odd days, he's the outgoing president of the United States. And it, it is his job, even though, let's face it, he has attacked Donald Trump in the past. He has even humiliated him at things like the White House Correspondents' Dinner. He has gone after him over and over he again. He said a lot worse things in the campaign than he said at the Damn White right. House Correspondents' Dinner. Damn right. <laughs> but he wants to have whatever remaining normalizing influence he can on Donald Trump while there's still time. Yeah. But it, meanwhile, Charlie, here's the thing. In right. those few days of attempting to do that, of attempting to say our meeting was excellent and he seems to be properly awed by the, yeah, you know, the, 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 the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happened? We're watching going in and out of Trump Tower, uh, Jeff Sessions, who's called black attorney's boy. Um, we have a sense of chaos. We have Steve Bannon is sitting in David Axelrod's old office. We have Mike Pence, who's, who, you know, spoke up for the most harshest degree of homophobia in the United States of any elected official I can think of. What is the, what is the m modifying, normalizing effect, offense there other than Priebus? And, and who knows how powerful or not he has. And he's surrounded, who's the main counselor here? His son-in-law. His son-in-law. So there's oh, a- the person who has his ear. That's very important. Yeah. Okay, here's what he told you, too. Let's just stay with both what might be and what is. Sure. We've seen this coming, he says to you, Donald Trump. This is before the election. Donald Trump is not an outlier. He is a culmination, a logical conclusion. This is an important point he's made over and over. Correct. He is a com com culmination, a logical conclusion of the rhetoric and tactics of the Republican Party for the past 10, 15, 20 years. What surprised me was the degree which these tactics and rhetoric completely jumped the rails. There was no governing principle. There was no one to say, no, this is going too far. This isn't what we stand for. But we've seen it for eight years, even with the reasonable people like John Boehner, who, when push came to shove, wouldn't push back against these currents. So he's basically saying he is, Donald Trump is, the culmination of something that started before. Yeah, it's no joke that he... He, what he's saying is, look, Paul Ryan looks relatively like a statesman or, or, or Mitch McConnell uh, and any number of other people in Congress. But rhetoric got harsher and harsher. Obstructionism got fiercer and fiercer. Political life became more and more uh, obdurate. And, okay. and, and this is this outcome. This guy who has popular, let's face it, populist talents, and was, I am, again, I want to make very, very clear, I understand that there are, first of all, there are people that would only vote for a Republican, just as there are people that would only vote for a Democrat, so then there, we're talking about the, this middle thing it's here. It's about 35, 40 on each side. That's a lot. Right. Um, there are, there are people that, that weren't necessarily responding to the racist aspect of it, but the aspect of burn it all down. 
anti-establishmentary. We are, we are sick of what we have here. And who also didn't like Hillary Clinton, whether it was for reasons that were misogynistic or that was, were reasons otherwise that she was... How much of it do you think went misogynistic? I, and I'm not a pollster, and pollsters have proven their fallibility. Yeah. Also, I also think that there were people who were soured by uh, the Clintons and money. And by the way, that's a legitimate point. This business of using your office and turning around and buck-raking did not start with the Clintons. In fact, it began... Okay. It be, Ronald Reagan made speeches for big money in Japan, but the degree of it, and the that fact that they were going the, back after into after presidential the, after politics. The, after the election. After and so does George Bush, by the way, 41. He's done, though. Yeah. His wife ain't running for president. Here's what's interesting, too, about how did he see Hillary Clinton and her campaign? Mm -hmm. He said, watching her campaign, quoting you, it's a little bit like a parent watching a kid in a sporting match, and you don't feel like you have as much...